Good morning everybody, it is Tuesday the 16th of June and I got an email from a member this morning which said I also took money off the table on Friday, full stop. Following the bounce on Wall Street overnight, is it time to get back in? Reply, hi XXX, this is from me. One bounce isn't enough. The Fed has caught the herd for a night, but the technical top is still in. I can see some people getting stuck in when there's a bounce. That's human nature. But we won't change our cash position until proven completely wrong. So far, we are wrong for a day. We'll wear that until we can't. Yesterday, we went to bed with the ASX 200 down 128. And on our calculations, we had saved our investors 1.341 million dollars by not being in the market yesterday. This morning the market is just about to be up 200 points and we have effectively missed $1,905,000 by not being in the market. It is a volatile world. Yesterday we went to bed and Wall Street futures were down 700 points and Dow, the Dow opened down 762. Our SPY futures were down over 100. It looked like we were going to save our investors a million dollars this morning again. What turned it around and there was a rally on the Dow Jones of 1,048 points during the day. What turned it around, or at least what helped turn it around, was the Fed. You can't fight the Fed. Last week, they upset the party by telling us that the economic recovery wouldn't be V-shaped. And this week, they seem to be cleaning up their mess. What got things going last night was the Fed saying they were going to support the corporate bond market. This is the secondary listed market. They are buying a spread of listed corporate bonds, which is effectively companies issuing debt instruments. So they're supporting company debt and that bounced the market. This is on top of a $60 billion bond buying program a month, $40 billion worth of mortgage-backed security buying every month, and also on top of their also announced last night Main Street Lending Program, which is making loans to companies that have needed financing because of the pandemic. The net result is that we're missing out today and obviously fearful that the market might have once again bottomed. Now, when you are at one end of the bell curve, which we are all in cash, it is hard not to be biased. I talked yesterday about cognitive bias, which is the tendency to believe anything that suits your bias and dismiss anything that disagrees with it. So in the spirit of objectivity, let's pretend we're fully invested and look at the positives overnight. The positives overnight include the, the Fed put option. They say don't fight the Fed. And the Fed and the White House turned a collapsing market around in March with trillion dollar stimulus packages and more money printing. And overnight, the Fed has pulled another rabbit out of the bag, putting their support behind the corporate debt market. Since the GFC, the Federal Reserve has taken on the responsibility of ensuring the proper functioning of the financial markets, which includes not just the mortgage-backed security market in the GFC and the bond market and the corporate bond market, but clearly now the equity market and... Job done overnight once again. The other positive overnight was that the Dow did rally all day, even though the overnight newswires blamed the rally on the Federal Reserve buying corporate bonds. Truth is that the rally started immediately on the open and the herd was buying pretty much single-mindedly all day. If you do want to understand what the herd is doing, you shouldn't really look at the open and close compared to the close the day before. You really need to see what happens during the middle of the session. And there was a 1,000-point rally 
rally in the Dow Jones as the herd just bought and bought. So that's a reasonably positive sign for anyone that's in the market, that is, which we aren't. There was also a little bit of news on a vaccine with Moderna up 7% on an Israeli order for a vaccine. If there was a vaccine, it would clearly restart the whole market. We'd be talking about a V-shaped economic recovery, and that's still a possibility at some point. The negatives overnight is the volatility. It's not good. At the low last night, the Dow had fallen 9.92% in five days. That's almost 10%. That would have created headlines about a correction in just five days. That's 2,737 points on the Dow Jones. The S&P had lost 8.27% and the Nasdaq 6.78% and our market 7.72% in five days. This is an extraordinary volatile moment when you consider the average return from the stock market in Australia is 5.77% a year. Here we are flying around. It's extraordinary stuff. It's not ordinary, not normal. And volatility implies uncertainty, indecision. We are clearly at at a moment of heightened indecision. The market has already topped out. A new downtrend has just started. It's unlikely to have ended overnight, but anything can happen. We are at a very interesting moment. Other negatives are case numbers actually rose in the US and UK overnight. After the Memorial Day gatherings, there are also record hospitalizations in a number of US states, as that's a headline from yesterday, but it continues today. There are consistently rising case numbers in Latin America, Brazil, Mexico, India, Pakistan and the Middle East. Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today. Poorer nations with underfunded healthcare systems and large pockets of poverty are thought unlikely to be able to get on top of the virus and contain it. Overnight, the New York governor, who appears to be far more sensible than most of the other US state governors did warn about the reimposition of lockdowns if certain areas of New York continue to flout social distancing requirements. And finally, I've got a paragraph in the negatives about money printing and how the federal support for the financial markets is good for the equity market, but only until the Fed runs out of tricks. At some point, if you continue to print money, the currency buckles. The world loses faith in the currency, which is what the word means of the US dollar, and confidence is lost and no one will lend you any money anymore. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Ask an economist. But anyone that was around in the 80s will tell you about Japan. Their economy went bust in 1989 and their equity market fell 70% in the next 25 years. The economy just would not get going. And if you overprint The consequence of that is a devalued currency, a stagnant economy, no growth, no interest rates. But now I'm being biased. Anyway, strategy summary for today. We are still in cash, not swayed to change that because of the bounce overnight and the bounce in our market this morning. Having said that, we are open-minded, as always, about being wrong. But one bounce in a cascading market is not enough to create a bottom. So we have no will to change our settings at the moment. It might seem like a big bounce today, but we are still only up about 50 points from Friday where we were mid-collapse. Technically, we've also seen a clear top. That doesn't change because of today. Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today. The rally today doesn't change that. Another comment today is that the reality stage has certainly started. I think it's unlikely we're going to go back into a recovery rally with our hair on fire after the black eye we got at the end of last week. And we do have some reality ahead of us as we move into July and finish the quarter. We're going to see US GDP numbers that are supposedly down about 40%. And the US results season is going to start and our own results season will start in August. But the US results season starts earlier and that's going to be for the second quarter, which has been the worst of the economic downturn. 
damage. So that's going to put some hard numbers around the last quarter. Notably, the recovery sectors didn't lead the market yesterday. And I make the point that if the market does bottom or rally from here, the anatomy of the buying might well be very different from the recovery rally. In March, April, May, we were making a fortune out of stocks like Webjet and Qantas and Flight Center and the tech stocks that had a sentiment recovery. It may well be that if the market does bounce from here, or even if it doesn't, the themes are different. And we may be talking about having to buy quality stocks or bond-like stocks or stocks with yield rather than hair-on-fire recovery sectors. We'll see. We're putting a bit of work into that. You'll find that in the strategy piece probably tomorrow about what themes are running under the surface. We can see the market falling, but which sectors are falling? Watch this space for an analysis of that. In other words, look in the newsletter tomorrow. Otherwise, we're still happier to miss making profits than making losses. Being kept awake at the prospect of losing money is a lot worse than worrying about not making it. So we're worrying about not making it at the moment, which is more of a concern for us as fund managers, because we might eat into our relative performance, not so much concern for our investors who are basically lying in bed with cash. We are mildly concerned that the support machinery of the Fed and the tweeting machine of Trump are now working against us. They will talk the financial markets up. And Trump, if he sees the S&P 500 as the barometer of his electoral chances, he's now working against us, against our cash position, which is a bit of a risk for us. You probably don't want to be short equities running into November, although it's only really one small factor in the equity market. But we may well be long again by then anyway, if we get the opportunity to buy or the market bottoms in the meantime. Meantime. Another little observation is we've had a couple of people showing us Elliott Wave charts pointing out that we've done the right thing. I've got a little Elliott Wave chart in the strategy piece. It looks like we've just apparently called the top of the second wave. And I used to have a mate in the gilts market in London. He was my best man, actually. Martin, he used to work for Credit Agricole. And the whole of the gilts market used to work off Elliott Wave theory. I had a look at Elliott Wave theory. I just couldn't get my head around it. It really does require faith rather than than logic. But there you go. Don't send me emails about Elliott Wave theory, please. But from Martin's point of view, when you've got the whole gilts market working off the same theory, Elliott Wave, it works. It's become self-fulfilling. So they used to chase it around. Interestingly, he worked for Credit Agricole. The nickname of Credit Agricole in the London fixed interest market was Debit Agricole because they just made so many mistakes. And Martin, who headed the Gilts trading desk, eventually says he turned the lights out at Debit Agricole in London. They pulled out of their London office with their tail between their legs. And it was only later that he admitted that privately the Gilts trading formula, which he as head of the Gilts department had programmed into his HP12C calculator, which by the way was locked in a safe overnight, had in hindsight, a basic error in it that a schoolboy could have spotted, which maybe accounted for Credit Agricole's lack of success. Anyway, I'll let you pursue Elliott Wave theory. So we're still encouraged to stay in cash, particularly because of the volatility, which has picked up again and often often accompanies pivot points in the market. As I write in the strategy piece today, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen next. This bounce could hold or it could fade or it could continue. We have yet to see. And the pivotal thing to watch in the next 24 hours is at 10 a.m. U.S. time tonight, Jerome Powell delivers his semi-annual monetary policy report to Congress which he delivers to the Senate Banking Committee. You can actually watch that online. But with the way the market is chasing the Fed around, it's going to be very interesting to see whether he continues with this more sober assessment of the economic recovery not being V-shaped or whether he now backtracks in order to support the markets. 
So, all eyes on Jerome Powell tonight. He has our relative performance in the palm of his hand, although I am happy to say that the profits that we took last week that we've made in the last three months are not in the palm of his hand. They are in the bank.